Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm joined today by Lou Massett, our Chief Operations and Missions Officer. Officer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, welcome to our podcast studio today. Thanks thank, for joining us. Thank you, Colleen. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about Uganda's new anti-homosexuality bill, which got passed this past May. And there's been a lot of backlash in Western media about this bill. You see it on all sorts of news sources saying that this bill is – they're calling it like the kill the gays bill because one of the punishments is death penalty for cases of aggravated homosexuality. And we'll get into that. But yeah, let's just start by just having a conversation about this and talking about it so that our listeners understand the broader cultural context that this bill is being found in because this is one of the countries that we have an affiliate in. So we've been able to sit down and talk with him and try to understand – why this bill was being passed in the first place and what was going on. So can you just start by telling our listeners some of the background of the cultural situation that's been going on in Uganda? Sure. Well, let me, can I give you a little bit of context? So I, yeah. I've only been here, as you know, for, for six months. Mm-hmm. And um, as the chief operations mission officer, I oversee the mission field. So it was really neat for me coming in here from my background in education to see, you know, what HLI did. You know, I, I went to school here, you know, Right down the road at Christendom, and uh, did you know anything about what HLI did before you started here? Uh, that's the yeah, I didn't know. Actually. <laughs> so did I, mean, I. I, was like, I knew it was like a pro-life organization, and it was like, oh, that's great. But um, you know, it, it's what's kind of interesting about this conversation is how I came here had to do with kind of this issue that we're talking about with this mm-hmm. kind of gender ideology, yeah. you know, at the school I was at before. So that kind of led me, and I won't go down that rabbit hole, but. Uh, what was fascinating for me is, is taking this role is realizing the profound work that uh, HLI is doing in the mission field, mm-hmm. primarily educational, right? Trying to promote the gospel of life. And, uh, you know, as you pointed out that what we're seeing in Uganda and Africa in general is this outpouring of resources by Western governments and even nonprofits, uh, NGOs that are trying to, uh, change African society and African culture by embracing the gender ideology, which we're seeing, you know, everywhere here in the United States. How are they doing that in general, not just with the gender and the homosexuality thing, but in general, how are they changing the culture? Can you talk a little bit specifically about what's going on there? Yeah. So, so here's an interesting thing. Okay. Uh, So, you know, what we do is, you know, we educate. So in Africa, What's very interesting is that when we have like these programs, so we have direct, we have a director in each region mm-hmm. throughout the world. And we have, we have two actually uh, directors in Africa, one in Francophile, where they speak French and Anglophile, where they speak English. Mm-hmm. And, and we had George on the podcast back in June, I believe, okay. or July when it was released. So right. he talked a little bit about this because he's in Francophone, Frank, okay. French speaking Africa. Right. Okay. Yeah. And George is great. Mm-hmm. Um so, but, but what's interesting is that I found that whenever they have these programs where there's these educational workshops, whatnot, where they teach people the gospel of life, teach them mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, specific things about how to practice their, their Catholic uh, life in marriage or whatnot, mm-hmm. that they actually have to pay the people to come to these, these, these events. And this is a common thing in Africa where, really, yeah. The, so to go, they actually pay the people to come. This is just part of the culture. Why do they have to do that? It's just the expectation, right? That, that, that you're going to come, that they'll, you know, they provide you with a meal and they pay you. It's just one of the, that's just how it works. Like pay you like a stipend yeah, or they yeah. provide like food right. and things like that because, Both. 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 okay. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So I worked here a year and I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's interesting. These cultural phenomenon, these yeah. things that happen. So, you know, this is, so 
you know, Africa is re- relatively an incredibly poor, you know, um, continent, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of money. So um, you have uh, these opportunities with these wealthy nations to come in mm-hmm. and uh, to promise to increase the quality, you know, improve the quality of life. Mm-hmm. These different charities. Different charities, NGOs. We have, um, I'll give you some of the names, like there's the Eastern and Horn of Africa um, Human Rights Defenders Project, or you have uh, SMUG, which is um, sexual, minorities. sexual minority of Uganda, right? Yeah. So uh, USAID or mm-hmm. other you know, institu- you know organizations. Is will, that under the UN? UN? Uh, no, no, that's, that's the United different. States okay. aid, right? So they, they create these programs where they provide resources or, or, or just money for mm-hmm. these specific programs to promote specific things, whether it's contraception, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, it is the gender you know, ideology, mm-hmm. which is promoting uh, the rights of homosexual people and teaching people about the lifestyle mm-hmm. right? and, and basically uh, challenging the mores and the folkways of Uganda or other countries in Africa. Their right? cultural. Yeah, their cultural beliefs, their moral yeah. values, whether they're Muslim or whether they're Catholic or, or other Christian denominations. They're mm-hmm. saying this is actually morally okay. Do you know what religion like Uganda and these countries generally are? Is it mostly Muslim? Is it mostly Christian? Do you know, is, is it a mix of all of it's them? It's a mix. You know, okay. I think I think Uganda is 60% uh, Christian. Okay. Um, the specific breakdown, I'm not sure yeah, of, I'm at not this sure moment. Um, I wasn't sure if you knew it off the top of your Yeah, head. no, I don't actually. I'm sorry. No. But what is clear though is in Africa that, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- these views about human sexuality are very clear. Yes. And they're very, very strong. It seems like it's a very family-centered, marriage-centered culture. Right. Well, it, it's interesting. So uh, my father went to Tanzania Back in the 2000s, um, he was working with a, a, a priest and a group that were uh, trying to help this one particular tribe in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And um, the trip and a lot of the stuff that was uh, – well, he was going there because he had a background in, in pipe fitting and steam fitting and, and water and whatnot. And they wanted to build an irrigation system for this village so they could have crops and then they would have you know, revenue. Mm-hmm. for the village it was a catholic village mm-hmm. but uh the the man that was funding a lot of the stuff was a muslim prince and this man had a hundred wives and and i don't know how many children right mm-hmm. but you find you know in in a number of of african uh countries uh, this attitude of you know of, of being open to life and, and, and the blessings of having large families mm-hmm. Even though they're poor, um, which they're is poor. so contrary to what we see here in America. Right. It was interesting because my father said what, what amazed him when he went to this little poor village out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. is just how joyful, you know, these people were. They were yeah. full of joy, but they were dirt poor. Right. But they weren't like <laughs> kids say, like, oh, my Ferrari broke down. You know, it's like, oh, I feel so bad for you, man. You know, they had nothing. Right. Like they treated them like he said that, you know. We ate like kings, and it's like they had chicken and rice every night. It's like that was like they rolled out the red carpet. Um, so you know you have this this nation that you know, you know this continent that is has people with a lot of need, mm-hmm. right? And you have people that are expressing uh, goodwill in some sense, or at least perceived goodwill, mm-hmm. right? That we are going to help these people, right? So, but their way of helping them 
right. is to promote contraception right. and try to reduce fertility. Right. So you have, you know, obviously the Christian Catholic view, which is that, you know, God is uh, creative. God is procreative. Mm-hmm. Right? God is, you know, uh, about the procreation of life. Right. That is what we see in nature. Right? Yeah. Nature strives to live. Right. And um, in the West, it's it's materialism. Right. And mm-hmm. we see that here in the United States, how that has kind of shifted and shaped the way we see life. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about, as John Paul II said, it's not about being. Mm-hmm. It's about having. Yeah, that's true. Right. So we see them as like, well, they don't have anything. Right. And and how, how, how miserable it is. And I'm not saying that there isn't suffering in Africa. There certainly there is. is yeah. Right. But instead of going in there and trying to promote things that are helping them mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, with in, in the agrarian, you know, uh, aspects of their culture. Irrigation and. Yeah, like what that. my father did or other places of trying to yeah. help them, right? Educate them about how to be able to take care of themselves. And things or like use that. their natural resources in a way that will be able to help benefit their economy. Right. Exactly. So, you know, what, what they're trying to do is reduce the population. Right? Why? Um. I, I think it's just a, I think it's a um, it's it's just a, it's a secular mindset, right? Is that uh, they have you know it's a lot easier to feed one kid than it is to feed six, right? Yeah, so for, no, I yeah. understand that why they're doing that, but like, what? Why would Western organizations be motivated to try to reduce the population? Of well, Africa? you have I mean, there's a number of reasons. You you know, right now we see here in the West where uh, you know there's this idea of. Um, uh, global warming right that mm-hmm. the world is over there's this this notion that the world is overpopulated mm-hmm. right so uh well, how do you resolve that we well, got to reduce the population you got to reduce the number of cows you got well how do you there's so many people eating hamburgers at mcdonald's you know <laughs> uh and so there's this mindset that what we have to do this is again the secular mindset is that mm-hmm. we have to start to call the herd and i that's a very kind of kind of a yeah a harsh, harsh way term. of saying it but yeah but that's the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's saying how do we how do we curb you know the population, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily that's intentional, but it's maybe just an outworking of mm-hmm. it's just an outworking of of wanting to have things. And I feel like that's so accepted in the secular mindset in Western nations that you want to reduce population in like the secular general ideology. So it makes sense that then they're just going to try to project that onto other countries as well. Right. Of course, because, you know, it's, it's interesting and I'm sure that, you, you know, we've covered this in other podcasts here, but, you know, we got this kind of demographic issue now. Right? Yeah. The demographic you know, winter. Right. So we were talking to Dr. Lagaya, uh, who is our director in, in Asia and she was going to Japan and in Japan now the government is trying to stimulate, uh, or, or motivate people to have children mm-hmm. through giving resources. I think of the three billion dollar bill or something they just passed wow. to encourage you know a people to have children yeah. because they have I think a fertility rate of one point one, which is kind of this inverted pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and we've is, talked about that on here before. That right, the problems that come up with that. Right, right. So Africa doesn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, yet, right, exactly. So. Anyways, to get back to this point about what's happening here in Uganda is that there has been this promotion um, through these NGOs that I've mentioned to promote a gender ideology, which is teaching you know young kids specifically mm-hmm. about uh, homosexuality and transgenderism and whatnot. 
And I think it started in 2014 because that's when the court in Uganda struck down the law prohibiting homosexuality. And then after that, you had all of these NGOs sending groups into schools and into the community. And I think our affiliate in Uganda, when I got the chance with Father to sit down and talk to him about this, he was saying that the ages are targeting are between 3 and 14. That's correct. So it's very young. um, And it's similar to what we see here in schools today. It's very, very similar to what we have going on in the public schools in our own towns. Right. It's kind of like... Ray Kroc, when he, uh, you know, became the the head honcho at McDonald's, it's like, you want to promote McDonald's, you have to get the the kids. Don't market towards the parents, market towards (laughs) the kids, right? Mom, I want a happy meal. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. So you you see this and what, so this current bill that we're talking about, what happened is there started, you know, these young people started to be drawn into um, this, this way of thinking and there were some really perverse, you know, things that were going on where they were making, you know, uh, homosexual pornography and uh, kids were getting involved. And and mm-hmm. um, one story that uh, they talked about at Parliament mm-hmm. was this, this young man that contracted uh, an STD mm-hmm. um, through this, you know, this, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, program. Yeah. And um, there was a number of young people that were uh, sodomized. And they were in the hospital because of the damage that it had done to their bodies. And there was this incredible um, outcry or there's this reaction to it. Yeah, know, among the parents. Among because the, para- the parents. They were and, horrified. Right. About- and the, yeah. It was just so contrary to their culture, right? This is – their culture is one way, right? Mm-hmm. And you have this, this new idea and these practices and they could see it. So we had this visceral reaction. Yeah. And I think that our affiliate over in Uganda was saying that during COVID was when it really got ramped up. So between like 2021, 22, there was this huge increase among the teens of, quote unquote, recruiting them for these groups, which actually what you were saying about their culture, paying people to come to events makes a lot more sense. Because we have one video, which we can show in a moment, of this boy talking about how he was paid 133. Well, it was, I think, 500 shillings, 500 thousand shillings equivalent of 133 dollars in american money to attend one of these events where he was then shown gay porn and here let me just okay yeah it'd be good to see that yeah let me watch that yeah Um, but so you know these are the things that it's that that it's 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 they're being enticed to come because there's a financial benefit mm -hmm. to coming to these things um and they have a lot more resources yeah than you know HLI does, right? <laughs> you know, the, what yeah. we're trying to do. Do you, you know, know where their money's coming from? Is it tax dollars that are, are tax dollars that are yes. going towards? Oh, yeah. When you when USAID is mm-hmm. United States aid, right? That's our money going into these and specific, whatever NGOs. There's very good things that they do. And there's, then there's things like this, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it has nothing to do with really um, the, you know, the, the hierarchy of need, right? Which is food, mm-hmm. shelter clothing, right? You're not talking about that. You're talking about, let's change the way you think about who you are as a person or your religious values or your cultural values. It's right? a, I think, is it Pope Francis that calls it ideological colonization? Yes. I think that's the phrase that's thrown around for this. Right. It's a yeah. new form of colonization. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Here, this is a video that we had um, that our affiliate sent us. Hello, my name is uh, Mukisa Elisha. I'm a Ugandan of sound mind. I happen to be recruited into homosexuality by sexual minorities Uganda. Uh, in, in short, smug. At the age of 16, while I was in my high school, they actually come with a coupon. One of their agents 
some of the agents that are sent out to schools to NGO homes such as SOS Watoto and then the uh, the churches they come and uh, with a coupon invite you to one of their activities of course they have well equipped and well facilitated uh, auditorium rooms and then shelters where they do their gay activities from so I was invited by one of their agents and asked to attend one of their activities and then on the coupon there was an indication that there was actually a transport refund of 500,000 so of course for any other youth for any normal youth once somebody invites you for their activity and then they're proposing to refund your transport of 500,000 so you can now imagine how very many could be lowered into acts of homosexuality so i attended one of their activities i agreed to go and attend because one of the reasons was because i was uh, ideally interested in the transport refund of 500,000 so i attended one of the activities and basically what they do is in the activities is to uh, of course give you fake lies about human rights and then in the process uh, they start uh, showing you like i said they have well equipped and facilitated auditorium rooms and shelters where they actually have projectors and then uh, show children gay porn how gay porn is made and then they convince them with that doctrine that each video that you shoot you're given uh, five million shillings so i was taken through the procedure in in as many activities as as i went through i was sexually exploited and uh, recruited into making gay porn videos and then it continues a little there's more to the video but he ends up talking about how he got an std and then when he went to go get medical help they wouldn't give him any medical help so he ended up exploiting or calling out the organization, the Sexual Minorities Uganda, that exploited him. And I think they might have gotten shut down because of it. But yeah, that was one video that our affiliate sent us just to give us an idea of what's right. actually going on. Well, there, you know, with this law that's passed, there are uh, the, the good is that 38 of the NGOs that were promoting mm -hmm. um, th this, you know, this worldview, which is contrary to, you know, um, natural law, divine law, church law, um, uh, it was, it was, it was shut down. And, um, you know, this and HLI was, was integral in working with people in Uganda. Our, our, um, affiliate there, father, uh, Opio, Jonathan Opio was, mm -hmm. you know, our boots on the ground there and, uh, working with parliamentarians to teach them about specifically what was happening. So not to necessarily say you should put this in a law or that in a law, but just kind of say this is what's actually going on in right. culturally. Right. So that then the lawmakers could make what they deem the best decision. Right. For exactly. Their because, I mean, the thing is, this is very important is, is that, you know, going back to your initial point is that this is the, you know, this law is being utilized to, um, to dehumanize uh, homosexuals. Right. Which is contrary to what the truth of the gospels. Right. Yeah. Um, because what we've tried to encourage people, what we've tried to encourage the parliamentarians is to have a balanced approach mm -hmm. towards this, which is, you know, you have every, 
everywhere in the world there's a human being, there's a sinner, right? And that we're all sinners and that we're called to a life of repentance. And that's what we have encouraged and taught mm -hmm. in our programs. What you see here though, with, you know, the, um, I think you'd mentioned it, the, uh, what was the word you used? It was aggravated homosexuality. Well, that, that's what it's yeah. called in the law. Right. So it's cases of rape, pedophilia, right. but it's annoyingly spreading HIV, but it also includes multiple, like multiple offenses basically right. under the law, like right. with quotes around that, basically people who get caught multiple times in these acts. Right. It, the one thing the law does make very, very clear is that it's the actions that are being criminalized, not people. It says that if someone is suspected of being homosexual, but there's no actual act that's been performed, there's no, there's no proof right. there. That's not what right. this law is addressing. And, and that's a very important distinction to make, because I think that one of the things that we have today, uh, you know, um, is this notion that people were being persecuted in the past because of, of perhaps they were effeminate. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I've seen this in some of the dialogues that have been about, you know, um, a gay marriage or things like that, that, mm -hmm. oh, back in the day, they used to persecute people just for having that type of thing. Now, that may be true in some cases, right? But um, it still doesn't change the fact, to your point, Colleen, that we're, we're not talking about people that have uh, same-sex attraction. Right. We're not saying that having that makes you a, a, an evil person or an immoral person. Um, it's about the action, right? In this particular case, what we're seeing in Africa mm -hmm. is that this reaction, these parents that saw these children, the consequences of them being sodomized, mm -hmm. right? And this visceral reaction mm -hmm. in the culture to that, right? And so yeah. you have this they kind were of- horrified about what was being taught to their kids in school and right. how kids were being paid money to go right. join these clubs where they're going to be shown gay porn and then recruited into making gay porn and getting like lifelong diseases because of it. Correct. Correct. From my understanding of what I've heard right. from- This is what- This is what- is, We're being told. <laughs> we're being told from our folks there. So um, it was, you know, I think that we have a video there um, I shared with you about- Yeah. The, do you want me- I can yeah, pull it up. Yeah. I think that would be important- uh, to see this is this is the parliamentarian there that was saying this this was um um uh the honorable musa Ekweru, right okay. gave this talk um yeah here it is master speaker i can tell you for sure i have gone to some hospitals and i have seen children with ripped anuses children with ripped anuses i have talked to the doctors and asked the doctors what happened these children had, were molested by homosexuals. And for anybody who is reasonable to stand here and, and say that this thing is okay, it's a human right to destroy people's analysis. That person is evil. Hell belongs to that person. That, that person is evil. Hell belongs to that person. And I can tell you, we will win this race. We'll win the race. Those who believe in it, in their countries, have it there. In our country, we will have our morals. We'll protect our children. And we are making this law. We are making this law for ourselves. We are making this law for our children. We are making this law for the children of our children. This country will stand firm. And once it passed, I can tell you, Madam Speaker, we are going to reinforce the law enforcement officers to make sure that homosexuals have no space in Uganda. You will have no space in Uganda. Did you get that from our affiliate? Did he send that to yes. you? Yes. Okay. Father Opio had sent that to us. Now, you know, this is, it, it's a pretty provocative, yeah. you know, statement. And I think that for most people in the West, it's shocking. 
to hear that kind of language. But And you made the good point that he's kind of putting together homosexuals with pedophiles right. in that video. Right. He's and so obviously that's not There's conflation. A fair, yeah. There's conflation. Yeah, that's conflation the of, 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 of people in this, you know, it's, it's which it, isn't fair, which that's isn't not fair. No. fair anyway. And it's demonizing in a certain sense, everybody, you know, cause I think that, you know, even our Lord said, anybody who scandalizes one of these children, you know, put a millstone around their neck. So there's a sense of, you know, people that are, are, are abusing, sexually abusing children. That is something that is just so un- intolerable and disgusting to almost all people. Mm-hmm. That you have that type of reaction. Yeah. Right? The pr- the problem from a Catholic standpoint is this is not what the Catholic Church teaches, right? That people with same sex attraction are supposed to be treated with dignity and respect. They're right? human persons. They're, they're human beings, and this is something that we have encouraged. And when this was going on with the law here mm-hmm. in Uganda, we we were adamant that this was not an outworking of mm-hmm. scripture. And we told them not to, we, we were opposed to the death penalty. Oh, absolutely. What Father Opio oh, was yeah. saying is that our, yeah. we told parliamentarians not to include that. Right. And the reason it got included was because of the case that you were mentioning earlier, that of the young boy who they had gotten injured and was in the ICU because of it. That was why the parliamentarians included that in the bill right. was because they were outraged over this situation. But right. our affiliates or our affiliate and the people working with him had gone in and said, don't include the death penalty. Right. Right. So there's this element of human dignity, right? And and it's what's interesting, you know, we being from the West, mm-hmm. you know, we see, you know, um, people in all walks of life um, here, and you know, we try to identify their their dignity, regardless of where they are. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is what our Lord calls us to do: is to see people where they are, try to come to them, try to help them, and be a witness in a gospel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a witness to the gospels of life. And so this is this is a continued com- you know, this is a continued conversation for us. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not something for HLI that we, um, you know, I, I think that what Father uh, Bouquet had said, you know, as the president said that, you know, we don't have control over what governments do. Right? No. And this is not, but this is not something that uh, this aspect of the law is something that uh, is something that we promote uh, or endorse. Right. Yeah. And I didn't want this podcast to be about saying, oh, this is good or anything like that. It's just more of giving the broader cultural situation of saying this is what people in Uganda are dealing with. This Western NGOs coming in with tons of money, right. coming in, putting their ideas in schools, usurping, like colonizing, ideological colonization of what African values and then promoting contraception and abortion and homosexuality within these African countries. That's the broader context of what's going on here. And this law is one country's reaction to that and swinging, like you said, in the opposite direction of going extreme in another, right. In another way, the pendulum. Right. And and well, and here's the funny thing that is that we see here uh, in the United States. I saw, you know, a video, I think it was in 2007 of at the time, vice president, um, Joe Biden talking about um, gay marriage. He was like, this is not even an issue. Right. It's really? against the law. You know, uh, Senator o- uh, Obama and I, you know, we respect the law. The law is there. It's not going to change. Right. Right. So now you have fast forward 2023. Mm-hmm. And if you even question the law, uh, you know, you're you're a bigot. And it wasn't even a law. It was a court case. I mean, saying, you know, today, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah but if you question that, that. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, for anybody to question gay marriage or to say that. Um, you know, these things are disordered or contrary to the natural law or whatever mm-hmm. is you're seen as a bigot. 
you're seen as backward thinking um, and that you are a danger, a menace to society. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're headed in the West. They see that in Africa. Yeah, they're watching America and saying, we don't want that. We don't want that. I also think from my understanding from what Father Opio said, and I was just looking through the emails that I got from him to find exactly what he said. But my understanding is that basically this bill was also aimed at just stopping these organizations from promoting it. So there's people ever, all of the media that's covered this has focused only on the section about aggravated homosexuality and how that can, can have the death penalty. There's a whole chunk of the law that's stopping the promotion of trying to um, make sure that groups aren't promoting these ideologies in schools and in general. And I think that's something that's not really getting talked about. And I think that's, from my understanding of the bill, that's generally why it was passed in the first place is because they're trying to put stops on organizations that are trying to promote this in any walk of life. Right. And it's, and it's, it's important uh, for us mm-hmm. uh, for HLI is that this is not, you know, this is not one um, issue, right? It's that whole composite of the culture of death versus the culture of life. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what the West is doing. This is just one component of it because once, you know, you, um, trivialize human sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Which is what we see is one of the things that HLI, I think, has um, been very clear about mm-hmm. is that it all begins with a contraceptive mentality. Yes. Right. Once a heterosexual person embraces a contraceptive mentality, they would become hypocrites yeah. than to say to somebody who was had same-sex attraction and saying, well, you what you're doing is immoral because you accept sterile sex. Exactly, it's just recreative, and or you know the three elements of human sexuality: it's first procreative, unificative, and recreative. Right? You take away, you know, the 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 procreative, and it's just these two things. Right? In some cases, for a lot of people, they just it's just recreational. Yeah. Right. And um, Dr. Jennifer Morrison, she was on the show too, was saying that when we redefined marriage to allow for no fault divorce it paved the way for a gay marriage as well because all of a sudden you you already redefined marriage back in the 60s when you allowed for no-fault divorce because all of a sudden marriage isn't between a man and a woman for life. It's between a man and a woman. So you've already taken out the for life, so then you can just change that definition right. later on. It's like a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You know, and then- The you, ideological dominoes. Right. And so you see things, you know, and this is one of the things that is what is interesting is like when you take away these kind of um, the form- of mm-hmm. things and you say that the form doesn't really matter, like which is man or woman. Yeah. Well, what's next? How what about age? Right. Yeah. And you see that happening now too. So I think in a certain sense, if somebody, you know, kind of embraces this kind of worldview, you see that in some circles. And you have, you know, some people talking about that in academia. It's like, why are we discriminating against age if there's consent or the parents' consent? I mean, this is some of Kinsey's work there was 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 based on, you know, a pedophilia. He was in he was in communication with pedophiles mm-hmm. that were uh, abusing children, and he used that in his 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 work. Yeah, and I think like part of the reason I wanted to have a podcast on this topic was because I think it's important for Western audiences to realize that this law didn't happen in a vacuum. It wasn't like Uganda woke up one day and was like, "Let's have this really extreme bill." Right. It's they've been undergoing immense pressure from Western groups and trying to push ideologies that they don't agree with on their people and this bill is a reaction to that. And I think that's what's not being talked about by most people. People are either looking at the bill and saying, that's incredibly extreme. 
Uganda's terrible, demonize the entire situation. This is terrible. Right. Or people just aren't talking about it. The media is controlling what we see. Yes. Right? And they're shutting down. You can get shadow. We're talking about this getting shadow banned on Facebook. Or self-censorship where people right. just say, I don't want to get canceled, so I'm just not going to talk about it in the I'm first place. Talk about it. Yeah, because it's no longer socially appropriate. I mean, there's, there is a great want for fortitude today. Mm-hmm. In Africa, you're seeing that they have no fear about speaking about what they believe right, and standing fast to it. We, I think it's interesting because I have an email here from Father Opio, and he was saying that only one member of parliament did not support the law. Right. And he was um, to be he was apparently funded by these homosexual groups. All the other over 490 members of parliament supported the law. Right. That's I didn't realize that even when I've read about this in liberal news sources and all that. No, I didn't realize it was so widely supported by all the parliamentarians in Uganda. Right. You know, in my um, first uh, month or two, I had meetings with the, the directors in Africa, um, Emil and George. And both of them made it very clear is the, the biggest challenge that they see mm-hmm. is the West trying to uh, manipulate the West, the, the African worldview and promoting these things mm-hmm. everywhere in Africa. So it's not just Uganda. It's and happening. our tax dollars are funding it. And it's our tax dollars that are funding it, right? So well, I think know, that was part of what we were talking about here too is that like why should Americans even care about this? Is, right. There's a connection between the two. Unfortunately, our country is part of what's trying to impose these ideologies on African countries. And one thing I did want to bring up before we, like, there's a little bit more to talk about, but I wanted to bring up the, like, misinformation that's going on in the media about this, apparently. from I was asking, I specifically asked Father Opio about this, about there's this idea going on in American news that there's this witch hunt going on in Africa where people are being evicted from their homes because of this or needing to flee the country because they're gay or lesbian and they don't feel safe where they are anymore. And I can understand where those stories are coming from. Like I can understand that mindset, but according to father Opio, that's not actually happening. That these stories are being, are being dramatized to garner support for pro LGBTQ groups and to try to shame Uganda. Cause you already have world bank cutting funding. I think Biden suggested possibly imposing sanctions. The UN is, doesn't agree with the bill from my understanding, but father Opio was saying that, they're not, um, let's see, he said these are all total lies meant to enhance their fundraising. So basically just to our listeners, don't necessarily believe everything you're reading in the media about this law, because according to our affiliate, who's actually on the ground in Uganda watching the situation play out, most of those stories are not happening at all. He says all of them. I'm willing to give a little (laughs) grains of salt in there. Like you can't know everything going on in your country, but according to him, that's not actually happening. Well, I think there is, uh, this is, I think that, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not questioning father's veracity, but I think that what you have is uh, human nature, right? It's people reacting to things they see as are evil, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not acting necessarily in the most Christian way. I mean, when the soldiers came to, to arrest Christ, Jesus took, I mean, Peter took out a sword and cut off the ear of one of the temple, you know, soldiers. Was that? Mm-hmm. Was that an example of following our Lord? No, it wasn't. And I think that you can certainly see people reacting, yeah. you know, in a way that uh, is going to, you know, be unkind or uncharitable towards sinners, right? Because uh, that's what it is. It's not like they're going up and saying, hey, you've got a lisp, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, or you have a funny walk. You're a dude that walks like a woman, right? It's not like just because they haven't 
you know, in a, an effeminate way. It's people that are caught doing things that are considered immoral. And I think it's really important for people to talk about that because I think one of the things sometimes in America what we have is we have this melting pot. And, you know, I have had European friends say that Americans don't ever really like to talk about the really important stuff. It's like, you know, talk about religion and politics and polite society, you know, but traditionally that's the way it was. But maybe, you know, if it's just an outward. You can't even talk about the weather these days because of climate change. Like that used to be the safe subject. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Don't bring up weather at Thanksgiving. Right. So, you know, this is a really, this is still a really, you know, uh, you know, important issue. Right. And and people here don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't think no one's known how to talk about this particular law either from what I can tell. Yeah, well, and I think the thing is this is like, don't demonize people, right? Just mm-hmm. talk about why this behavior is bad, mm-hmm. right? This, this is a be- this behavior is contrary to the natural law. It's contrary to what God has deemed to be right. And mm-hmm. in some sense, we're talking, talking about the corruption of children or indoctrinating children, what this young man, that, that is just wicked, right? We see that as wicked. Um, so I'm not trying to whitewash these things, right? But to the point of our, you know this you know the this you know uh the spotlight that that the west is putting on things they're putting on a very specific point they look at this right and there's all this other stuff that is going on too mm-hmm. that they never talk about that is equally abhorrent yes right so you know um you know you know uh violence against uh homosexual people because they're homosexual isn't right right no, it's not it's for wrong. a christian right we so and this is something that HLI, we talk about that mm-hmm. we're teaching people there this right so it's not it's very important that you know for us and our purposes is that there is a balance that we're striving to to hit you know and but you have human beings well it's like you were talking before this you have what is it the thesis the antithesis and the synthesis that right. idea of like the thesis is that you have these groups putting imposing these ideas on Uganda. And then the antithesis is that then they swing in the opposite direction and have this very extreme anti-homosexuality law and trying to have that synthesis of, okay, how do you address people in a Christ-like way, but also uphold the dignity of marriage? Right. Exactly. And that's what we've been trying to do with our mission. Right. I think the other thing for people to realize is that the problem that we've been talking about with these Western groups come in and impose ideologies on sovereign African nations is much bigger than Uganda. Like we've been talking specifically about Uganda today, but what's going on in Uganda is just a symptom of a much broader problem that's going on. Because I know that last year there was the East African Community Bill, which most people have never heard of. I'd never heard of the EAC until I started here and people started talking about this great win in the EAC and I didn't know what that was. But basically it's seven sovereign nations in Africa that are united and laws passed. And it's actually Burundi, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Kenya, Rwanda, South Sudan, Uganda, and Tanzania. And that's what the East African community is. And laws that are passed at the EAC automatically go into effect in those countries. So it overrides the sovereign laws. And so last year they had tried to come in and pass a law that was legalizing abortion and promoting um, comprehensive sex ed in schools, which we've talked about the dangers of that on this podcast before. But basically, that's more of another way that they were trying to impose things like the LGBTQ agenda, as well as contraception and abortion on into young getting it into the schools so that kids would accept it and our missionaries were able to go in and talk to people's i guess it's i don't know if it's called parliament for that group but talk to the representatives there and tell them like hey look take an actual look at what this sex ed program says you don't want this in your schools and they were able to stop the bill right but just showing like 
it's so important. You have to, we're basically like trying to stop this top-down pressure of NGOs trying to put pressure on legislative groups to then legalize things that they can then promote among the people. Right. So we're trying to stop that pressure from coming on, but at the same time foster a com- cultural grassroots community of people that recognize the beauty of marriage and uphold life and really cultivate that so that they can protect marriage and human life and human dignity that way. So you're like stopping top-down pressure, but you're also facilitating this beautiful cultural growth of God's plan for sexuality. There is, you know, it's in a certain sense, it's like the shepherd, right? The shepherd is with the flock. He's taking care of the flock. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes he has to take a staff and he's got to beat the wolf, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Basically, yeah. And so, you know, you find out these wolves are coming in and trying to create a culture that Mm -hmm. where it's going to jeopardize the entire flock. Mm-hmm. You have, we have people there that, uh, you know, are engaged with the parliamentarians and the people in politics, and we try to educate them, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's something I've said time and time again, I think it's so important, you know, we're all born in the double darkness of sin and ignorance, right? And Edutre, the leader, the teacher, leads out of that darkness. Mm-hmm. So in this agenda, there's an incredible darkness, right, that is, that is, um, it is um, presented as this openness and this lovingness, right, to people, right, mm-hmm. which is which we can all agree is a good thing. But it's a distinction of saying that a person who is defined by what they do, right, and that thing that what they do has been always contrary almost everywhere in all times to what natural law is or what the cultural folkways and mores are. Mm-hmm. So that's just not right, right? So as Christians, for me to be true to myself as a Christian, as a Catholic, I have to I have to speak the truth of what this is, right? And it's not, you know, trying to condemn anybody, mm-hmm. but it's about saying let's all strive to be better than what our impulses might be, whether whether it be to eat too much or drink too much or to, you know, oppress somebody else for my own benefit. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the thing is that HLI is like you said, we're trying to go down to the people that are the moms and the dads and the children and, and help them to educate them. Yeah, because we have the legal activism, which is right. stopping that top-down pressure, but we also have our leadership training where we're training seminarians and people in medical groups and all Priests, these leaders of communities. Bishops, right, yeah. yeah. We're, we're trying to help them to understand what it is that is – what's happened here. Right? Yeah, so. and then also having the chastity education, making sure that teens and youth understand the beauty of chastity and then also running pregnancy care centers. And obviously now I'm expanding kind of into a broader topic than specifically what we were talking about today. But I think that that like those three really encompass the grassroots of what we try to do. And then you have the legal activism trying to hold off that pressure coming down from um, like places like America. Right. And then also I think it's important for our audience to be aware that Malawi also has an upcoming court battle where they're trying to push abortion and homosexuality through the court system. So not necessarily, there's a distinction between decriminalizing homosexuality and legalizing gay quote unquote marriage. And what they're just trying to do here is decriminalize homosexuality because then that paves the way for allowing for quote unquote gay marriage down the road. Right. Um, but it's the it's same really, playbook that happened here. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what they did here yeah. with Roe and Ober, Obergefell. Is that how you say it? Yeah, something like that. I'm yeah, like, we'll I can spell it. <laughs> um, but it's exactly, except for they're trying to do two in one. Right. So I think it's really important for our audience members to be aware that's going on. And we have, we're running appeals right now trying to alert people in Malawi that they need to talk to their judges and uphold the dignity of marriage. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like on the ground. I know our missionaries there have a plan of how they're 
planning on trying to keep this from going through the courts, um, passing through the courts. And then next month, we're going to be having appeals coming up about these. Um, we This is like tangentially, it's related to what we're talking about today. And it's basically related to this idea that the way they're promoting homosexuality in these countries is by starting these LGBTQ clubs. And basically the pro-family counterpart to that are these clubs that priests are starting in their parishes where they basically get teens excited about life and marriage and they're pro-life groups but they're really pro-family groups they also are talking about marriage and trying to make sure that teens know what are going on they're having fun they're making friends they have a good strong catholic support network so that they're not lured into these other groups that are trying to promote homosexuality so it's basically trying to again that grassroots trying to have a pro-family counterpart to these i'm sure very appealing lgbtq clubs that they're starting in schools so that's also coming up so those are just two examples of how our missionaries right now in uganda are trying and the rest of africa are trying to fight these situations right and you know like i said before is that they have they have way many way more resources than we do Mm -hmm. it's like the young man in the video had said you know you go to these nice swanky places and they've got you know auditoriums and they're paying the money and they've got all these great things and it's like oh wow what's this this is great the enthusiasm and it's here here is the contradictory nature of of american ideology or this this gender ideology is on one hand we say we want to accept and embrace all people and their cultures but here's a culture that says we don't want that and you're still trying to impose it upon them right and so they're pushing back right because it's one of these things where you have in some very progressive societies, if you say anything contrary to this, you can be put in jail for hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, you know, I, I express a view. You can't do this right here. It's like, well, if I express my view, you can't do that. So where's, you know, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, this is just the nature, right. Of this is who they are, the logical outworking of their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the thing is this battle, you know, for the hearts and minds of, of, of people. It's always been right. Is that what is the truth here? And, you know, I think today when we initially talked about this podcast is we wanted to just kind of get down in the nitty gritty. Right. Get right into the, you know, into the, the dirt here and say this is the, the things that. This is what the law was a reaction against. Right. And this is the things that people are actually struggling with there. And. We need to make sure that we have a Catholic approach in these countries because otherwise you're going to be swinging from one extreme to another and you need organizations like HLI to help people find that balance in the middle where you can approach people like Christ, but not affirm sin. Right. Well, and that's what, yeah, exactly what HLI is doing. You know, yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to moderate and to temper that reaction. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not a reaction that was caused by HLI. No. Right. But HLI at the same time is saying, Hey, you, you have to see these things, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we, you know, the West talks about, you know, having a dialogue and a conversation. We just can't be like that when it's convenient. You know, it has to be about all things that are inconvenient. And I think that, you know, for, for people that are like-minded that watch this, this podcast, I would say, you know, we have to be courageous today, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we teach people, you know, in Africa, you know, like this is the courage that you need to stand up to these things and they're, they're ready for the task. And you need to be ready to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. And be able to give the broader understanding of the hard stuff, because I I think maybe it's just because I was a philosophy major, but I think it's so important to understand the whole context before having like a harsh judgment about any kind of particular situation is it's really easy to look at this law 
on the surface level and just say, wow, that's extreme and just reject the whole thing, not learn any more about it. And I wanted this podcast to be there so that people could understand, okay, this is why it was extreme. This is what was going on. This is the broader issue that Uganda is dealing with. And this is, the law is one response that's been posed by the government. And then it just challenges our listeners to be like, okay, what is the appropriate response? How do we express to people Christ's love, but also not affirm sin and uphold the dignity of marriage? Right. And I think the thing is this, is that, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I think we all know you can't necessarily legislate morality, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how many laws we have against murder and rape and theft and whatever, they still happen. Yeah. And they happen all the time. Um, but it, it, but there is something to be said though, when your leaders are saying it's okay and it's good and at least having laws saying that's bad. Do you think that governments have a vested, like, do you think that it affects a country when you start legalizing things like homosexuality? Do you think that, cause like a government's role is to basically create a stable social structure for their citizens. Right. Yeah. And do you think that that is something that rightfully falls within the purview of a government. To Absolutely. Be able- I think the mistake that people make time, I make this argument all the time is that, you know, oh, that's, you know, the, you know, the, the wall of separation, you know, you can't impose your religious beliefs on me about this particular thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just talking about the natural law. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about things that I can see through reason. I can say these behaviors mm-hmm. lead to these consequences. And the point I re- referred to before about the 50% of people that are, you know, infected coming in every year, infected by HIV come from 2% of the population. Mm-hmm. Male homosexuals account for 50% of people that contract AIDS or HIV. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a behavior that, that's because of this behavior, mm-hmm. right? It's because of the doing, right? Which we say is harmful. But even if you look at it from a bigger picture, how, when we trivialize, you know, sexuality and re- remove the procreative, you know, we trivialize our bodies and, and we un plug ourselves right from from the natural order right we mm-hmm. we start playing dr frankenstein true but you could there's lots of other sins that are going to affect like gluttony or something sure. like that and it's not necessarily the government's role to come in and say you can't eat this much so what is well, it do you well, think mayor de blasio would disagree with you with his you know his uh his <laughs> his his law against uh the big Slurpees, whatever it is, in New York City. Did you hear about that? Like no, they I didn't. banned like the big Coke, so you couldn't get a big thing in New York City. Are they trying to prevent obesity? Yes. Oh. Well, smoking. I mean, like you can't. Yeah. You, you can't. You know, you can't. It used to be you had cigarettes. You know, on you know commercials, and now you can't even have it in movies where you show people smoking or you know. Yeah. On TV, at least, I think it's on, on television. Interesting. But, I didn't yeah. know that, but I yeah. mean, I know you don't see it as much. Like I love Lucy. Back in the day, you'd see like right. the cigarettes. Uh, Philip Morris is one of their sponsors. Right, right, you'd right, see right, it, yeah. Lucy in every episode. That's that's legislating <laughs> morality, right? You're saying like you can't. You're hurting yourself, and it's true. You are. I mean, mm-hmm. cigarette smoking is not healthy. Is there something in particular about marriage though? Because like, at least from my perspective, when you start breaking down marriage, you start breaking down. The structure of society, which is going to lead to all, like all sorts of societal effects. So it seems like marriage, more than other like other sins, would be one that does fall within the government's purview because they need to make sure that there's a stable. Like your your Look, country is only going to be as stable as your family. Unit. Right. You have, you know. Um, you, the whole purpose of this is the thing that I think is just crazy. The whole purpose of legislating marriage, of having a contract, mm-hmm. is because when a woman gets pregnant, 
she becomes vulnerable and that baby becomes vulnerable. And that baby is a benefit to ideally the husband and the wife or the, the mother and the father and society. Yeah. So it is a vested interest that that woman and that baby are taken care of. Because ideally, I mean, this is traditionally, she was the one who was going to spend the next 15 years, whatever it was, you know, making sure that that little, that little, you know, child was going to be able to be formed and going to be a productive member of society. So the government has a vested interest in only because a woman gets pregnant. Two dudes don't get pregnant. Two women don't get pregnant without a dude, right? That's just the reality of it, right? It's mm -hmm. like, that's the way. So this idea of marriage, again, is this trivialization is this of something. Now, you know, I think some people argue like, well, what if, you know, two people that are, you know, have same sex, they want to, you know, one's dying, you know, and, and or they want to pass on property. I understand that from a, you know, from a completely agnostic, you know, secular, or secular mentality. Like, I, you know, I'm not religious. And I'm, nope, mm -hmm. sorry. I mean, I, there's something human about saying I'm not, you know, I understand the, you know, that, mm -hmm. but this is what marriage was about. Right. And, you know, but you know, when, when you're living in a, a relativist you know, world where truth is what you want it to be, you can't have a rational conversation because what is reason for them? It's what I, whatever I want it to be, you know, I'm Daffy Duck, <laughs> you know, it's like, or, you know, it's like, you know, you're not talking about reality anymore. And that's yeah. law was, typically rooted on like medicine. Like when people talk about, when I talk about objective truth, there is objective truth. If there wasn't, anybody could be their own doctor. I could go to you for a prescription for something, right? It's like, yeah. I think it's this. Well, because you think it, that it, for, for it is. Well, you know, my, my, you know, my kidney stone is not in agreement with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's like yeah. my tumor that's growing. It's like, there are objective truths, you know, that are based on reality, you know? So, I, the government does have to some degree, you know, uh, a vested interest. Like I was saying earlier about Japan, they just passed a law for $3 billion to encourage, yeah. you know, Japanese it's gonna couples. economy. It's going to affect everything that the government falls in the government's purview. Right. So, does that answer yeah. your question? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to like be able to wrestle with that a little bit of like, why does the government, why should the government even have a say in marriage? And I think that we've been talking about that is the government is there to protect the citizens and protect the societal structure, make sure there's a stable structure that people can grow up and become moral, upright, virtuous citizens. And so protecting marriage is a huge part of that. Right. Some of these things too are very subtle, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think about like the moral, the more the, the outworking of what is the benefit or what is the danger of behavior or an action. Mm -hmm. Some things are very easy to see. If you stab somebody with a knife, you see the harm that's done, right? It's mm -hmm. immediate, right? Like, oh, that's terrible. But if you're Monsanto, and you create a weed killer, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, weed killer, killing weeds," and it's all oh, I'm, 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 you know, all my all my corn now is growing. Everybody's feasting because we have all this stuff now. But in a hundred years from now, you know, everybody becomes infertile and sterile. Well, was that a moral thing? But you didn't see it. You didn't foresee what was going to happen. And a lot of times, it's only the wise that see that can penetrate into see what is the long term effect mm -hmm. of something and. You know, with with um, behaviors, you know, it's the same type of thing. Some behaviors in the long, in the long run can have catastrophic effects on society. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's the part of the conversation that we need to have. 
Well, I think this has been a really good conversation today. It was really good to sit down and be able to talk about what's been going on in Uganda and why it's important and why the government should care. <laughs> so thank Thanks you for, for joining me. us today. Thank you for having me. To all of our listeners, please like, subscribe, leave us a review or a five five star review or a like actual comment review on our audio platforms. Check out the new ebooks that I'm about to put on the end screen and keep on living the culture of life. God click, bless. Click the like button. Yes, click the like button. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> <laughs>